What's up, guys? We're back with the Florida Dirt Bike Radio Show. I know uh, it went away for a little bit, but I lived in North Carolina, so it was kind of hard to do it up there. But I'm back, back in Florida, back racing down here. So we're going to get this thing back going. I'm uh, going to focus primarily on the FTR series, uh, Florida Trail Riders, Hair Scrambles, and Enduros. What, what I want to do with this show now is kind of have people on from the club to preview their race, kind of promote it a little bit. And then the next week we'll, we'll re- review it, um, have some guests on and talk about their race and stuff like that. So with this episode, we'll call it Season 2, Episode 1. We have the Vice President of CFTR, uh, Elisa Burrard, on to talk about the Peace River Hair Scramble that is coming up this weekend just south of Bartow, Florida. She talks about her track, uh, you know, kind of the process that goes into creating trails, making trails, running or being a part of a club, and that sort of thing. So I really hope you guys enjoy it. Um, Obviously, this is it's a little shorter episode, kind of last minute deal, but um, I plan to get these things going a little bit longer and have some more guests on at least once a week. So let's uh, let's see how it goes. Episode one. Thank you for listening. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. me right now is the vice president of cftr it's elisa berard how are you i'm doing great how are you kyle i'm doing awesome i'm very much looking forward to racing my dirt bike at your property this weekend wow when's the last time you raced uh last time i raced ftr was like a year and a half almost two years ago probably uh being in north carolina for that year your dad coming out Oh yeah, yeah. He's already uh, loading up the motorhome and stuff now, so he's he's itching to ride too. Great. Uh, so let's talk about your race a little bit. How many years have you guys been at this property just uh, south of Bartow? Ooh, I think it's been nine or ten years now. We've been out there eight or nine years. It's definitely uh you know one of the more unique properties I think on the FTR schedule just because it's got that you know it's hard pack and it's got some pine trees and stuff like that as well. Uh, how did you guys find this property? Well, it was right before Eric and I came back to racing. They had just had their first race out there. And uh, Dave Nagel, our president, and uh, Keith Finnerty, I believe, um, ended up making friends with uh, the Clear Springs property people um, at the Sunrunners race, which would be my recollection of that. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think that does make sense now, I think, because I think we did the Sunrunner. Maybe it wasn't the the exact property, like, they're at now, but I know Correct. it was a, maybe a different one. And I was like, man, this is – it's weird because usually when you think of Florida, like, other than maybe Gatorback, you think sugar sand, the whole state. But uh, it's definitely very unique. Um, how how would you describe, you know, your, your guys' trail? Well, it's nice to have the old quarry. We got a limestone quarry on our side of the property. So that that makes it pretty unique in the fact that it does drain well. So even when it's wet, 
we end up getting a lot of usable trail. It drains pretty quickly and it gives us the opportunity to use that south section um, with a lot of a, a little bit of change of elevation, which mm -hmm. of course we're in Florida, it's flat. You don't always get that. So we're, we always like to try to put that in. We can't always run the 65s and minis through that because it's pretty technical. So we usually leave it for Sunday trail. And um, that, that part makes it really, really, I think a little more interesting and for the riders, you know, I like to always have elevation in Florida and we don't always get it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then if you go to the North section, you got, got the field sections between the, the trees on the left and the right. So we kind of bounce between that and it gives everyone an opportunity to uh, get your passing done and, and air it out. So we have a little bit of everything um, some sand along the way too, but, but most of the time it's uh, it's not a sand race. Yeah, definitely. Definitely wouldn't consider it a sand race. Um, you mentioned like it can, you can get some rain out there. I feel like, I don't think it's ever really rained during the race at your property, but I know at some of the other Bartos it has and it's slime, but as long as the sun comes out just for a little bit, it, when it dries up, it's probably like the best terrain that I think we could have because it gets real tacky and rutted up. Agreed. Agreed. We had the rain came at the Peace River National when we co-sanctioned with AMA for one of their AMA scheduled events and ended up only with like 15 AMA um, championship people coming down. But it rained so hard that race, right as the quads were starting on Saturday yep. and Sunday, it ended up being beautiful because of the rain on Saturday. Yeah, I, I remember that one. That's like the, it's weird. So like when I was living in North Carolina, if it rained at all during the week, it was hard for a track to be open just because it, it's so slimy and rocky there. Or we have the beauty in Florida where it's that softer dirt and it's it's amazing. It's, it's all like some most races if it's raining on saturday like afternoon i'm like okay it's gonna be awesome tomorrow yep yep so this for is sure. like you said eighth or ninth year at this property how hard is it for you guys because i'm sure um it's gonna happen you're gonna have to run some stuff you've you know some trail that you've ran in the past but how hard is it for you guys to find like new untouched uh, uh areas of the trail so it depends on how many volunteers you have and how much work you're willing to put into it. Um, this year we opened up up north where we hadn't gone in a while and we dropped down a little further towards some of the loamy tree hammock areas that in the past have been wet because the property's super dry right now. So we're definitely able to get out of our normal ruts um, just based on condition and we had some extra help this year to open up the, the north side. So sometimes it's just moving, you know, over 50, 100 feet going into some trees that are normally wet that aren't wet this year. And so we look for that every single year. The guys go out early. They GPS it. They, they put their eyes on those spots that we always want to go to. And we never, sometimes we can't. And this year we were able to. So I would say 50% of our trail this year is going to be, you know, off the beaten path. It's probably about the same length and about the same you know, direction, mm -hmm. but we're going opposite from last year, but I think we're going to get some better, uh, some better tray on a couple of places. That's, that's really awesome to hear. Uh, for those, for the people listening that aren't in a club, how early do you guys go out there? Like when does the work start to put on a race? So the, the work starts with crews that need to come out and do the heavy lifting about four weeks prior to the race. 
But about six weeks prior to the race, I have a crew of our key six guys that go out and put their eyes on things, GPS that make sure we can get where we need to go. Nothing's happened with the land. No, you know, water has, mm-hmm. you know, eroded a place we can't get to. Things like that happen. But about four weeks prior to a race, club members are encouraged and we send our start sending our emails, work emails out, and they can come out with machetes and loppers and four-wheelers and gloves, and they get to work. I got you. Yeah, that, that seems about right. I know, like, I'm in Palm Beach track and trail, and Randy Rash obviously just loves being out at our property, but he's already been out there, you know, scouting out the trail, and our race is until February. So it's – right. I think a lot of people don't realize the the type of work it goes in um, into putting on these trails and cutting the trails is only like half of it, if that. Like, what other things do you, do you have to prep for um, for this weekend coming up? Right. So, you know, working with your landowner is is uh, has its own set of challenges, mm-hmm. right? Some landowners are very particular about things, or they don't come out and mow your parking maybe as soon as you want them to, or you know, you're you're stuck not being able to go to a certain place because of uh, maybe the cows or the fence lines or whatever. So you really, there's there's time consumed in, in really making sure that you're meeting the expectations of that landowner. But besides that, the parking area is pretty important because when you get big crowds, you want to make sure everyone has a place to park. So pre-thinking, making sure your vendor row is well marked and your flow of traffic from the parking area into sign up kind of goes through vendor row those are things that over the years we've kind of learned if we if we put some pre-thought into that and mark it off it really flows much better the vendors get a lot of walking you know people coming up and uh and and the people actually know where to go and get your maps out there so you know food you got to feed all your volunteers that's always the big one in cftr um we're huge food people so we have 50 or so people almost every night we're out there um, that our club just decides to have volunteers cook for us. And we have, um, we've invested in our cookware and all our stuff like that. So uh, Jay Livingston, um, Jay's Stupid Bacon is what he makes. But he's cooking for us this year with some help from uh, Laura and Keith and, and, and some other people, Richard. And those guys will do nothing but bust their butt all weekend to make sure all of us are fed at the club. And that's a big part of pre-planning as well. And then, of course, sign-ups, you know. Yeah. We, uh, we we agreed to open up this year from 5 to 7 on Friday night, first time we've ever done that, just to process some people through for Saturday races, just to ease the lines for Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always uh, I always feel for you guys because usually, usually you're not scheduled to be the first race, but, we, you know, with the rain in Florida, it always yeah. seems to work out that you guys are the first race. and just being the first race and yep. everyone, everyone showing up and, you know, having to get their forms and stuff, it always seems like it's pretty hectic there in sign-up. So hopefully uh, that Friday sign-up time will relieve some of that pressure. Yeah, FTR agreed to open up with us. So Tim Norton will have full services at the FTR trailer. The club will have their um, sign-up open as well. So we should be able to process everybody. AMA will be open as well from 5 to 7. So that should help to get some of those new AMA members done. Yeah. I heard, I heard today. I saw it that there's going to be some live music Friday or Saturday night as well. Yes, we weren't sure it was going to happen, and we are going to have a band. It's Jason Ennis's dad and a several others. They're bringing a flatbed trailer out. They're going to be on Vendor Row, and they're going to be jamming out from seven to ten on Saturday night. Awesome! Nothing better than some live music and a cow pasture. 
absolutely. Uh, for, for those listening that live in the Bartow area or just Central Florida in general, how uh, and are you know interested in joining a club? How would they um, go about doing that, Elisa? Joining so CFTR. The best, yep. The best way is to show up at Ace Cafe downtown Orlando. It's on Livingston, and it's right off of I-4. You can see it. Um, and you show up the second Tuesday of every single month. We've been meeting on the second Tuesday of every month for 40 years. And we are there at the Ace Cafe in one of their meeting rooms um, that second Tuesday at 730. We start the meeting. Awesome, awesome. So a few questions for you, Lisa. How, how did you first get involved with FTR and then furthermore in, in the CFTR into this club? So I was about uh, 11 years old when my mom married my stepdad. My stepdad rode a Husky, a 490, and uh, he put my mom on the back of it, and my grandmother about, you know, had a heart attack. And next thing I knew, I'm 13, and um, I think Powder Puff, my mom had just come out of riding some Powder Puff classes for FTR, and um, I jumped in that women's class along with a lot of other wonderful ladies that are summer still around, like Cheryl uh, Myers, and she used to pick me up off the ground when I was a teenager. And um, I raced all throughout Enduros and Hair Scrambles with my dad. We were the last two racing in my family uh, when I turned 18. And then all of a sudden I went off to college and nobody paid my bills anymore. Mm -hmm. And then I came back to racing after I uh, uh, got my degree and got a good job and got some medical insurance. As you well know, it can be difficult to uh, adult like that. And, um, And so I came back to racing, met my husband who had moved here from California. He raced motocross. And then when we came back, we said, well, let's join a club. And, and, um, we joined CFTR, which my parents were also a part of CFTR way back in the day when they were like orange County trail riders, I believe they started out as. And, um, and we, and we became active in CFTR and then had went away for a couple of years, had the twins and then came back again and drugged the boys with us. And here we are today. Awesome. I, I, I like asking. I always like hearing how people, you know, got involved with FTR and stuff because, like, like I, I got involved. My dad just started dragging me around the races. I think my first memories were watching him race. So uh, it's always right. cool, cool to hear. And you mentioned your boys. They are ripping. They were. Oh, my gosh. So fast. It's scary. Yeah. Super scary. Yeah. They, he, uh, Evan shocked me at the at, – they both did. They were so smooth and so fast at that enduro. Um I beat Eric though, so that yep. was good. But, but uh, yeah, it was. Well, uh, I think that might have been the first official time on paper that one of the boys have beat their dad. Really, really. That's... Yeah, I think every other time they've been within like a minute, you know, adjusted mm-hmm. in the hair scrambles, and he's always beat them in the enduros. I think that was, and nobody said it, but I think that's the first time that one of them might have actually officially beat daddy on uh-oh. paper uh-oh eric's gonna need to start training yeah. keep up yep it, it just makes me feel old because i feel like not too long ago they were ripping it up on 65s 65 i know i do i feel old for sure <laughs> well uh thank you so much i'll let you get back to it i know you got a very busy week ahead of you and uh, i look forward to seeing this weekend all right thanks Kurt. all right see you
all around the world.